quick chit chat before we get we into it. We need a picture chat. You want me to tell you about my fall? I do. It seems it required pain. Well, I was driving home in the, you know. You didn't care that I fell. I knew I was in this bed all night. You didn't care. You didn't care about me. I care so much. (laughs) You don't care about me. I care so much about you. (laughs) Yeah, no. Tell me about your fall. What happened? (sighs) It was so embarrassing. Sounds traumatic. It was. I just happened to leave at a time that, for some reason, there weren't that many people around me. Well, that's good. Positive. Yeah, but I it was rainy, but I didn't have an umbrella, but it was not that type of rainy that you really needed an umbrella. I just, like, had my hoodie up. I know. Mm-hmm. And there was this giant puddle of water, and I was like, I don't want to walk all the way around because... That's going to add, like, 20 steps to my journey. Yeah, because you don't, like, <laughs> wh- why why get 20 more steps? But that's not where I fell. I was I was bomb. I walked on the curb. I balanced myself. I was like, badass bitch. I'm a bad bitch. I walked on the curb, stepped over the smallest part of the big puddle. Um car had to stop i'm like i'm a pedestrian i get to walk in front of you we're in fuck the parking you, fuck lot you, fuck you i'm gonna walk yeah and then i get to like the next little median in the parking lot and there's a red normally when i walk in front of cars i won't like walk like um between the median and them i'll just go over the median and walk in the grass but because it's been raining all day i didn't want to walk in the muddy grass well yeah because your shoes and your socks and your feet Exactly, but I fucked all of those things up. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) so I was walking still in the street, like completely out of the car's way, but I went in between the median so I could stay on the actual ground. Yes. And I stepped directly in the right or wrong way on the red painted fire lane stripe. Those paints are slippery. Fucking slipped. And I have my. A left hand full, like has my lunchbox in it. Not anymore. Right hand's like holding my hoodie over my face. <laughs> and I slipped. Luckily, I fell forward. Mm. I think if I had fallen backwards, it probably would have been worse and more embarrassing. You probably got in your booty wet. <sighs> yeah. But I fell forward onto my right knee. Mm. And I'm grateful for that because my left knee is still fucked up from last week's kickball fall <laughs> so i felt i mean not that it's funny i fell on my yeah. right leg and like caught myself with my left hand and my left finger like still kind of hurts from catching myself but i get up and i'm like <sighs> from toe to knee completely wet and muddy on my jeans and shoes now oh and i was like and it hurt not super super bad. I think my ego was bruised more than well anything. Yeah. But I was just like, get up and we'll keep walking to the car. Pretend it didn't hurt. Get to your car and cry. And then I did a quick look around, and there really wasn't that many people around me. I was like, oh, thank God. But also, I was like, why didn't anybody ask me if I was okay? There were <laughs> some people. Not one person was like, oh my God, are you all right? <laughs> Maybe I fell so gracefully that they thought I was kneeling down. Oh. 
Like you were so moved by the weather that you needed to kneel down on your right knee yes. and pray to the heavens. Uh huh. I needed to touch the hand with my touch the ground with my left hand, kneel on my right knee, and I had to just be like, oh, "Thank you, Lord. You just deserved to get mud all up on your pants and shoes." And in my gracious moment, I also go, "Oh fuck." Well, they might have heard. Praise Jesus. <laughs> they sound so much alike. They both sound real country. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's how I ended my day. Well, yep. Now you have wine. Yes. Maybe we should go ahead and talk about the wine that we are drinking. Absolutely. So, Nicole, what glorious wine do we have on this kind of cold, rainy day? Oh, yeah. So, today is our first, like, really cold day. I was blown away by how fucking cold it was um, today. Okay. So, let's put this in perspective. Texas cold, like, to us, it is, like... Below 50. Yeah. That's cold. That is fucking cold. It uh, was, like, in my car, it definitely said 48. And yesterday, it was, like, 80. That's true. It kind of, like, fucks with you. So, it was cold today and rainy so i thought we have to have a red wine today yeah because on a super cold day like this like last year we didn't even have a winter this is like winter yeah it's colder than our last winter i think <laughs> i was like what the hell is this december no so today we're drinking boda box uh cardboard dough you know shout out to alicia keeping it classy um night hot black red wine blend yum the three big descriptors are big dark and jammy oh yeah and i thought how big dark and jammy are you oh oh you'd like to know wouldn't you <laughs> you can taste the adventure oh as the campfire dies out the only sounds you may hear are that of nature like the nighthawk on its nightly hunting adventure our nighthawk black dark red wine is dark Bold and fruity with aromas and flavors of blackberry pie and bitter sweet chocolate and a smooth lingering finish. Enjoy night hot black under the evening sky with a spicy beef curry or a warm blanket. Yum. And 13.5% alcohol. I mean, that's kind of just ideal. Yep. Hell yeah. And we are surrounded by warm blankets in our podcast fort. Yeah. And my our <laughs> podcast fort really just, like, I can't wait for Christmas. Because there's Christmas blankie and there's another red blankie. They're both, and, they're both Christmas blankies. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's right around the corner, y'all. You know what? I feel like we need a podcast fort selfie. I feel like we do. Let's do this. Oh. Oh, that's a horrible shot. This lighting, though. <laughs> Maybe not. Ah! <laughs> Never mind. It was a bad idea. Bad idea. It was a bad idea. You're tearing down our fort. Sorry. Oh, I spilled wine on my phone. Well, at least it's not on the carpet. <laughs> okay. By the way, <laughs> you're listening to Read Around Mar- the Rosé. No. That's my part. Sorry. I got really, I got really excited. Get off my part, Megan. Okay, I'm God. backing off now. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Read Around the Rosé, 
the podcast full of prose. We're just two friends that love murder mysteries and dystopian novels while drinking wine as well. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> this is the book club podcast that you, you never knew you wanted. And we clink. No. Who are you? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Oh, I'm Nicole. <laughs> and I'm Megan. <laughs> And now and, we can and now we can clink. And we clink. And drink. Drink. <laughs> I love how we both just got defensive. Like, who the fuck are you, bitch? <laughs> who do you think you are? I thought you were getting on to me for saying and we clink. You of, took my line. You. Yeah. Well, I took your shit. You take yeah. mine. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> So but, that's how we're going to start this tonight. Okay. But I feel like we've taken turns on the clink part. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this week um, was our first dystopian novel. Yep. And sure um, well, we're just going to, I'm just going to start it off by reading the synopsis. Um, as always, goodreads.com. I didn't write this. King has tenderly staked out a territory for his wife in three dollars three dollars <laughs> wine three daughters grace leah and sky he has laid the barbed wire he has anchored the buoys in the water he has marked out a clear message do not enter or viewed from another angle not safe to leave here women are protected from the chaos and violence of men on the mainland the cult-like rituals and therapies that endure fortifying them from spending toxicity of a degrading world. But when their father, the only man they've ever seen, disappears, they retreat further inward until the day three strange men wash ashore. Over the span of one blistering hot week, a psychological cat-and-mouse game plays out. Sexual tensions and sibling rivalries flare as the sisters confront the ab- amorphosis Threat that strangers represent. Can they survive the men? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Since we're still in each other's hearts. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You, the, the Water Cure by um, Sophie uh, McIntosh, which is kind of ironic, ironic thinking about the last name McIntosh, the gardener. What if a garden? Was that his last name? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're probably right. I won't yeah. argue with you. Okay. Anyways, continue. All right. Are you asking first or me? I'll ask you first. All right. What do you think pushed Mother and King to take their children and start over with such harsh rules? And how did they build the house or was it already there? It's kind of like a two-parter because it's like, yeah. Going off the full knowledge of the novel, I'm thinking that King is just a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. He just didn't like the fact that um, women of the world were trying to um, be more independent, more equal rights, more um, more just, you know, down with the fucking patriarchy. Mm. He didn't like that. Mm. Hence his name. King. King. Which is the only name we ever got in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious, like, hmm, how did that start? Because even when the three men arrived, 
And later we found out that they were like, under King's like command, they even called him King. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I think he probably just didn't like, you know, what was going on in the real world and that women were taking control. And so he took his wife and daughters and was like, fuck that shit. I'm going to go off to this deserted part of land. I'm going to call it an island. I'm going to raise my daughters as uh, the rest of the world is toxic and they can't survive anywhere else other than by what I provide them and the rules and standards I set for them. And even his wife, I think he was abusive to her too. Oh, yeah. And, um, and many capacities. It could have been physical, mental. Yeah, many. All of them. I think that's how they ended up there. And I believe the... I couldn't never quite figure out where they were. I didn't know if they were on like an abandoned resort type place or if it's just like a big mansion. It sounded like to me, just because the other rooms for all of the other um, potential women right. that were coming to them, it sounded like kind of a mansion type S. Man- man- mansion. And they had a pool. Slash hotel. Like, was it already there? Did they yeah. make it? Like, no, what? No, I feel like it was an abandoned place that they took over. Oh, okay. Maybe they bought and then just kind of like surrounded it with barbed wire and all that shit maybe i mean i can't say for sure but i feel i don't feel like they actually physically built the place i think i think it was there and for some reason it was available for their taking okay fair enough and they just made it their own so i was just so confused as i was listening to it i was like wait how do they have such an elaborate house but they live on an island like what i was the connections weren't getting there for me i was confused through most of this book okay um, here's my question for you. All right. Um, mother and King made the girls believe the air was toxic and that men were literally toxic. They would bleed from the mouth and have a fever at times. What do you think was actually making them sick? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I would have to say, I think that mother and King were kind of poisoning the girls. Their diet that they were on Later, as we found out, just because of the the three men or the two men and the boy that showed up later, right? Um, they were talking about how the girls' teeth were rotting, and the girls didn't know that was a bad thing. Yeah, because remember, of their diet. I remember one of them saying, "Like you need more than just sugary things. You need nutrition. You need this, not the other. Like I'm tired of eating this bullshit." And I didn't even realize that that was even a thing until they actually pointed that out. And that was another thing that added on to mm-hmm. my layer of confusion. But I, I think I had something to either do with what they're eating or maybe the actual water that was what purifies their bodies was somehow... You mean salt water? Well, yeah, I guess. Because drinking salt water is not good for you. Well, I don't know if they just drank salt water. But I feel like a lot of their cures they were doing dealt with salt water. And you know what? That might be what caused some of their symptoms because, you know... We can't survive on drinking ocean water. So for characters to be living a ration of, a huge ration of salt in any Mm -hmm. capacity, that can't be healthy in the slightest. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that, like, especially when um, Leah started kissing, how do we want to say his name? I'm going to, I think I'm going with Grace's pronunciation, which was just straight up Lou. Yeah, when we listened to the, the Audible version, we were both like, it sounded like clue and then Liu and then. It sounded like 
at one point it was like flow and then it was like clow we just cannot get the pronunciation it's literally spelled l-l-e-w yes and they do make a point in the book to where he says no one can ever say my name right yeah maybe that's why they do it in the audible and i remember leah saying oh i made sure to practice it over and over on my own so i was the only one to say it correctly so however she was saying it i'm sure is the right way but i'm gonna go grace on this one and call him lou that's fine i'm cool with that i don't i feel like any other way i'm just gonna fuck it up (laughs) no i'm cool with it so anyways when leah first started kissing lou and she's like oh mother and king must be right um men are toxic because now my mouth is bleeding i'm thinking she probably just had gingivitis or something oh i mean there's never any mention of brushing well no she did say that she brushed her teeth until they bled. Yeah, but if you but how I mean if how, your diet is so horrible and if you're brushing your teeth so hard and whatever until they bleed, like you probably Maybe she just has sensitive gums. She probably has some sort of gum disease going on. Even then her teeth are rotting, so I mean yeah, I exactly. guess we we're not dentists. We you don't know. know. I just think there's a much logical a more logical explanation for the sickness than the fact that the air is toxic. Yeah, because I mean that gets into some Munchausen by proxy in a way. Like if they were making the daughter sick for a purpose True. for themselves. They had all those prescription meds that they were giving the girls for like no reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Especially when Grace was like, I kept this pill from swallowing underneath my tongue. Uh-huh. Let's look at it and examine it. And then when Ma- when mother went missing and they went through her room, they they listed off all those different prescriptions. Yes. Yeah. Side note, was it weird to you or just to me that Grace was thirty? Oh, we'll get to it. Oh, pause. Okay. What's your question? All right. What were your thoughts on the irons and drawing a family member's name, and that the name that you drew they got your love? I'm really just curious, like, what lesson does that instill to the girls? So a lot of this whole, the their whole purpose was that women are too emotional and the True. real world was dangerous because people couldn't learn how to control their emotion. Not people, I'm sorry. Women. Fucking patriarchy. Couldn't <laughs> control their emotions and they let it lead everything, control everything, and blah, blah, blah. So... I think with the ritual of drawing an iron and whoever's name on it is the person you're supposed to love the most that year. Um, and with the person drawing a blank name, uh, meaning how fucked up. they get zero love that year. That's awful. It's horrible. Um, I think that it's meant for to make them learn to ration their love and their feelings. And not to just give them away freely. But that's fucked up because humans need human interaction. Like what we experienced with Leah. Like following from her perspective. Exactly. She craved the touch. She craved love. Because she was the one, I think, a couple years in a row drew a blank iron where she was getting no love from anybody. And then even when King died, she got his name or something like that. Mm -mm. Mm. She always had nobody's name. Well, no one got her. She but I remember like, that at some point in the beginning of the book, I mean, I could I could absolutely be wrong because, I mean, this was, ugh, this was a doozy. But um, I remember that 
even when King was dead, someone got his name and they're like, well, even if he's dead, he still deserves love. I don't remember that at all. Mm, Fair enough. I could have been half asleep listening, so who knows? (laughs) All right, my turn? Yeah, sure is. Okay. Do you think the author, Sophie McIntosh, was quite literally trying to say that men are toxic? Oh, you know what? Maybe. I mean, I can't say yes or no for sure. Right. But I feel like maybe is a good answer to that, just because the whole book was centered around how women are toxic, but then the there's an underlying theme of, well, it's really the men who make the women become the way that they are. Yeah, I didn't really think it was underlying. I felt like the daughters themselves were told, don't touch men. They're, they'll make you sick. Mm. And then in those moments where they talk about the women that used to come to the house for their therapies and they would write in their journals about how they were hurt by men in the past. Uh, every One woman in particular, I remember this one journal entry was like, my husband was, li- I literally became allergic to my husband. Oh, yes. And I was bleeding and he didn't believe me. He thought this, that, and the other. I felt like it was almost, because you know there's the thing nowadays called like the toxic masculinity. Oh, that could be another thing in the book. So I feel like this was a more... I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. It was just kind of my interpretation of it. Sure. Where it seemed like it was almost, she, the author was almost quite literally saying that men themselves are toxic, not just their thoughts or actions, which is, I think is where more where toxic masculinity comes into play. It's more where they um, just take things to the extreme and the way they react or whatever. I feel like in a lot of this book, it almost was taking it to the extreme where men themselves were toxic and literally making women sick Ooh, it's kind of like flipped like j- just because the book was like all about like uh, you know what no that makes so much sense i don't even yeah. have anything to argue against that <laughs> or even a point to make because like you just blew my mind yeah that was a thing that i kept like going back to i'm like was she being literal or was she kind of um exaggerating to make the toxic masculinity thing a little bit ridiculous not to say that it's that that's not a thing because i absolutely i absolutely do believe it's a thing but i think that there are some times where it's taken too too far could be you know and so i'm like in this book is she kind of trying to like take it to the absolute extreme of where men are literally toxic and turning their wives allergic to them and making them bleed and suffer and like actually physically sick not just <laughs> i mean who knows <laughs> who knows but it'd be interesting to look up to see like because i mean i mean obviously their authors can separate themselves from their work and they can right. create a wonderful story but i'm I'm curious of a, about this author's more of her personal life to see if any anything aligns to what you just said yeah because i think this was a very this was a feminism book and that could be why, I mean, it's been so popular, mm-hmm. I mean, with other people, not I think us. that's why it was a little harder to read because I think it wasn't so straightforward. It was a, you can't just listen and know exactly what was going on and what the author is trying to say. Like, it yeah. was really one of those books you have to dig deeper. And, I mean, out of the books we've read, I feel like this is my least favorite. 
Yeah, I, it was not my favorite either, but I did. It took me like almost all week to like finally like really think about it, look up some other kind of research over the book and like to really like dig into it and be like, okay, I think this is what the book was trying to say. No, for sure. I just think, um, I, I mean, we talked about this kind of earlier. I, I just like books that have a little bit more action, a little bit me like, um, like a more mystery in the moment. And this book had elements of mystery, but it just didn't really hold me as the reader. Like yeah. if, if I were not listening, like listening to it is different than reading it. If I were straight reading this book, I probably wouldn't have finished it. I finished listening to the book just because, I mean, it wasn't bad towards the end, but I feel like if I were actually reading this, I would have gotten a little bored with it. I mean, that's just me though. Yeah. I also feel like if I had read it, I might have understood it better. Maybe, maybe that too. But I think it would, it would have taken me longer to read it because it's one of those. I think I would have to go back and like kind of reread chapters. Oh yeah. You know, like I see that sometimes I'll read a few chapters and then like maybe I'll fall asleep. And then the next day I'm like, oh, let me go back a chapter or two. And by doing that, I remember more and I pick up on more things. Yeah. It's definitely a rereader, not a straight listening to. I probably won't reread it though. No, me either. Anyways, moving on. Anyways. Your turn. Okay. So this one's weird. So clearly Mama and King kept possessions from the mainland. So like Mama had her magazines that the girls weren't allowed to look at or touch because of the toxicities. King had his alcohol that him and Mama partaked in. Um, Why do you think they couldn't let go of these mainland items despite their lifestyle? I think it's a control thing. Hmm. They didn't want their girls to know about those things. They didn't want them to partake in the mainland and the old, quote unquote, old world. Um, but for them, they they knew the truth. And those were for them. And those were little things that they were able to hold on to with, without letting the girls know anything about it. I think it was strictly control in a way to keep them in line. No, fair enough. No, that, that answers that. What do you think about their water cure and how it is the answer for everything? Leah even believed it would prevent pregnancy. How do you think water functioned as a symbol throughout the novel? Okay, so ask me a deeper question. Why don't you? (laughs) I mean, this book doesn't allow for anything less. (laughs) I guess I thought it was really um, strange because to me, the way I interpreted, interpreted, can't talk. The water cure was that it's salt in a water bin and you're literally being held under until you almost drown. Mm -hmm. And like when you get from the water, you're gasping in a new light. Like you're just all of a sudden different because you almost died. I thought it was a really interesting exercise. I thought it was also strange that King and Mama only did it with the women that came to them, mm-hmm. and they never performed it on the girls, but they did exercises leading up to it for the girls to really build that uh, air capacity in their lungs. Like the drowning game. The drowning Fuck. game, the short short breaths to be able to breathe to go to the mainland, Yeah, where they would pass out sometimes because of shortness of breath, the way that they just... Like, Leah in particular liked being held under the water until that point. But I think it's that because she was one of the uh, ones that was um, 
craving human touch so much that maybe that was the one aspect where she actually got to feel anything. And maybe it was like a thrill. Yeah, like she didn't have any other feeling or human touch or interaction any other way. That was like her one moment of excitement. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting and definitely what built the entire book around. I think King and Mama wanted to come up with something that would be like life changing for the daughters and everyone around them. And they came up with salt and water and drowning. Can we just talk about the ridiculousness, though, that Leah really thought gulping water down was going to keep her from getting pregnant? I mean, yes, it's ridiculous. But I mean, as well as getting pregnant by praying to like water and the oceans and the sea. I mean, sure. But after she was having sex with Lou, I remember that scene where he asked her like, are you protected? Are you uh, protecting yourself? Even though he's fucking equally responsible. Yeah. Like he, was, he was putting it all on her. But her response and her, she was like, yeah, of course I'm being safe. But then like internally she was thinking like, I did all the, I gulped all the water and the warm water and I did this and that. But I mean, do you like, expect she, anything else? No, but I'm just saying in general, the ridiculousness. That, oh, yeah. But that's what King of Mama that, that is wanted. what she was taught like what the fuck <laughs> and it, it's i mean towards the end of the book we learn that only grace and leah can even uh, read and they yeah. got books taken away and given cookbooks yeah which uh, another fucking patriarchy yeah but i mean if that's the only thing you don't know anything about sex you don't know you, you're being told that babies are made by praying to water yeah asking the sea for for a baby then it no. doesn't quite surprise me too much. I mean, I get But it's that. just more sad on the actual human aspects of it. Yeah. That she wasn't taught what any of that was. was and that yeah, was even then, like, the mother mother told them that Grace got pregnant because she prayed to the seed. She sea asked so the seed. hard. She asked, for the, she asked the seed for a baby and she got one. Just so there's, like, once again, like you said, there's a whole bunch of symbolism of yeah. feminism qualities and... Fuck just uh, fuck everything it all. else. <laughs> fuck it all. <laughs> all right. Ready for mine? Yeah. Um, do you think the sisters can assimilate to main life after their upbringing of hating men? I don't know if they were taught to hate men. I think, mm. I think they were taught to fear them. Well, no. Towards the end, Grace, she kept talking about how she hated men. I don't know. I feel like her her opinion was a little different just because of her interaction with King. But she also had memories of living on the mainland. Mm, true. So she's a little different. But the other two don't. The other ones were, I think they were more taught to fear men. And they were taught that men are toxic. And they will literally make them sick. But Leah obviously didn't care. True. But I also felt the way that she fell in love with... Um, Lou, as we're pronouncing his name, it was very immature. It reminded me the way she was obsessed with him, no matter how he treated her. He was, he wasn't a complete dick the whole time, I don't think. It just turned, like, all of a sudden when they're at the tennis courts, and he was playing with his son, Grill, 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 and she just kept being there. But even before that, it's not that he was an absolute straightforward asshole or anything but he was definitely more you could tell he was 
basically just using her for sex. Oh, yeah, because she was the only willing one around, and he but had his needs. he wasn't promising her anything. He wasn't... I don't feel like he was leading her on with his words or anything like that. I maybe feel just like with his touches, which is something that maybe she took out of context because she right. desired touch. Right, which is what I'm trying to get to. Sorry. Like, I don't feel like he was with words promising the world or saying he wasn't uh, professing his love to her or anything like that. I, the way she reacted to him reminded me of like my junior high, early high school age. Oh yeah. I was actually just thinking about that. Where boys and everything are brand new to me and the feelings I had for them are brand new. And I would develop a crush on a boy, and any attention he gave me at all, he could just say hello to me. Yes. But if I had a crush on him, and he said hello, and maybe touched my shoulder, all of a sudden, we're soulmates. (laughs) You're so right. I mean, okay. You know what I mean? So taking that, do you you think that the, her, the other girls, can they still, like, assimilate to, like... I think I was, mainland life. I, we, I went on a little tangent there, but I was just trying to be like, I don't think they all hate men, especially Leah. I think she's just they're just all so brand new. She just doesn't know. And Sky is even going to be probably worse. Like, just they just don't know. I think it's going to take a lot of time. They're yeah. gonna hopefully they will be around other women who can teach them properly. Or that they can seek counseling to sure to um, ease them back into the real world. And then, I mean, it also gets into two out of the three sisters murdered. I mean, that also follows you. So, I mean, once again, I guess more counseling mm-hmm. and more just um, uplifting each other and learning how to actually do that. Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot of support for each other and... Hopefully they go get actual counseling, real therapy, not the fucking therapy their mom and king tried to impose on them. I mean, that was abuse. Yes. <laughs> I think it's going to take a lot of work, um, but I think if they get the, if they seek the proper help, that they can slowly integrate back into the real world and definitely have a real meaningful relationship. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, fair enough. Good answer. All right, my last question for you. Bring it. What was your reaction when we learned Grace is 30 years old? Oh. Meaning, Leah was 28 and Skye 18. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the other sister's ages. Oh, wow. Okay. At the, at the beginning, they did an age difference thing, so, like, I did the math. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't keep up with that. <laughs> um, I thought it was... It kind of blew me. Yeah, like, what, throughout the book, like, what age range did you think Oh, they I were? absolutely thought, like, Grace was 17. I thought that Leah was more like 15. And I thought Skye was, like, 8 or 10. Like, yeah. I thought they were, like, on the younger side. I think for me, I maybe would have put Grace at very early 20s. Yeah, at, at the most. Like, 22 tops. Uh, meaning... Uh, Leah was like in the uh, like 18, 17, 18 range. And then I definitely thought Sky was like 10 or 12. Because the way they described Sky was that she was so 
tiny, sweet, and innocent that she didn't know anything and she was always yes. protected. And the the two narrators of the entire, well, I guess they're technically three. So it was either Leah or Grace or the three sisters as a collective. Yeah. That's who you heard from. But you never heard from Grace, I'm sorry, Sky. Oh, yeah. Individually. So I just automatically assumed she was super young. I did too because she was the baby when they came yeah. over. And they talked about how mother was like, and had beautiful hair. She was like in her fifties, so I just I never, I didn't think they were that old. No, I mean not that that's old, but in this. No, but the way realm. the way that they spoke, like and the things they knew, like I definitely thought they were so much younger. So to learn that the oldest was thirty, and they're still following their mother's rules to a T yes. to live. I guess that's also yeah. what got me. It was like, okay, they're following their parents' rules so much. They have to be younger. Yeah, like they're afraid of like being grounded and like punished and all these things. And like once you hit like 16 and 17, you usually don't give a fuck. <laughs> I guess that maybe is why like Grace, her body was appealing. She was the younger version of her mother to King. Yeah. Are you asking me a question about this? No, I was just wanted to discuss the maybe ages. We, maybe we can touch on it just for a second. Like, we also learned that King is not Grace's biological father. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that she had a full-on relationship with him. Uh, she thought she was in love with him, and she was having sex with him. And obviously, he was her father's ba- her baby's father. I mean, that also... And the mother knew. That was so weird. And it was like just a... Uh, I know it, but we're just going to, like, not really talk about it. And I bet the mother would have taken the baby and started raising it as, like, a fourth sister. Right. But it was still born. And it was a boy. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, because I remember before we finished it, I think I I think I must have not been paying much attention uh, at the time. But I remember you saying it was stillborn, and I thought, no, it wasn't stillborn. I thought it was just a boy, and they were like, we're not keeping a boy around. And you remember those other rituals that they did where they had to, like, drown them out? Or Leah had to drown them out. Oh, yes. And burn the frog. And it was, like, a test of, like, what if you don't do it, your sisters have to do it. And so, so fucked up. when Grace first gave birth and the mother was like, you have to do this for your sister, I thought she just went and, like, killed the baby because it was a boy. But, again, I was listening while working, and so I think I just really – and – I wasn't that hooked on it either, so I think I was just very <laughs> passingly heard she gave birth, and then the mother was like, you have to do this for your sister. You can't tell her it was a boy. You have to go put it in the sea. I thought she was killing the baby. And I, even the mother didn't even, like, admit that it was a boy. She said it was an alien kind of thing. She's just like, she's like, I, you said it wouldn't be a boy, and all she said was it wasn't. And, may, and maybe she meant because it wasn't alive. I don't know. know. But, yeah, I had to go re-listen to that. When you told me it was st- that she had a stillborn, and I was like, no, I was like, no, they just went and killed it because it was a, a male. But then I went back and listened. I was like, nope, she was right, it was stillborn. Like I must have totally just not been paying attention because this book was hard to. You had to be listening. Yeah, you had to really, and it, and it, it didn't really grasp my attention like we talked about earlier. Like no, it, I didn't full on care that much. So when you were telling me that, I was like, no, I want. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you were absolutely right. Anyways. Oh, fuck. All right. Um I have one what would you do? You ready? For me? 
uh, you want me to ask you one first since I have two? Oh, yeah. Go for we, it. We go back Why not? and forth. Fuck it. All right. <sighs> Such a heavy book. Is it weird that I'm feeling like down right now? <laughs> like usually I'm like hyped up and I'm just like womp, womp, womp. Uh, it's just because we didn't really like This wasn't our favorite book. No, you're right. Okay. What would you do if you were to create your own utopia? What would it be like? I feel like, okay, so in a a past episode, we talked about, like, who you'd want to live around and Uh how you'd want to have, like, your best friends around you. Right. But maybe your family's just a little further away, but maybe not right next door, just depending on who the family members are. Right. Um, I feel like my utopia would be that neighborhood ideal. So, like, you and Alicia be right next door. I would have, like, Christina right by. I would have, like, my good girlfriends, like, in the street. And, of course, there would be bars that we only went to and restaurants for just us. But I think it would just be cool to, like, have, like, the miniature version of our our ideal neighborhood in a utopia. What about, um, like, how would we make money in your utopia? Would we still have to work our crappy jobs? And my utopia, we mm-hmm. don't have to work. We just get to hang out all the time. Yes, and we just have like, everything. We can we go need. just like just sit on the back porch and cool tub and drink wine. Yes. All we have to do is like the genie, you know, that. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. And then like we get whatever the fuck we want. I like it. I'm there with you. Okay. All right. And <laughs> I'll dress up as a genie too if I have to. Okay. Okay. Are, are there men in our utopia? Well, yeah, like. <laughs> Ideally, the men we're with, but I mean, whatever we want, it's our utopia. <laughs> well, no, I would love to just have both our men there too, Perfect. just living next to each other and just having the most badass houses with the most badass backyards. Or money, and money doesn't exist. No, because I, like I feel it. like in a perfect utopia, why would we have to worry about that? Yeah, you're right. That's like a good it. question. I like that. All right, what's your carefree life <laughs> and not working anymore? That'd be great. Cheers to that. Just yes. We'll get there one day <laughs> when we're old. Yeah. All right. What would you do if the men locked you in your sister's room as punishment for what happened with Grill? Will? Will. Will. I think that I would find a way out. Right? I feel like they, they claim they tried, but there were windows, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. They went on her bed and cried together and, like, fell asleep. That's not what anything what I just said. I said there were windows. Well, I know, but. Uh, and there weren't room. Why? <laughs> I'm like, what does that have to do anything? I guess, I guess I was trying to read your mind. <laughs> no. And I'm like, but they just kind of, like, bitched out. No, that has zero to do with my question. <laughs> my bad. I'm going to stop now. I said, are there. I'm going to take a sip while you answer. I said, are there windows? And you said they cried on their bed. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> okay continue okay i there were windows in the room yeah because they were i remember them looking out and like whatever you just break the fucking glass hell yeah you do you break the glass you break the door down i'm gonna get out of that room like who the fuck are you to lock me into my room you're a man no and this isn't your house fuck no it's not this is my house i didn't kill your son he ran away, got caught on some barbed wire, and stung to death by some hornets. And I'm still curious. 
What's up with his mom? Like Will's mom? No one would say. And now we don't know. And we won't. And Will's dead. Yeah. Uh. Fuck him. Yeah. (laughs) But like, it just didn't make sense. They just like, didn't do anything. Yeah. (sighs) All right. We have one last question for you. Okay. Let's go for it. What would you do if you found out your whole world was a lie? I mean, I feel like I'd go a little crazy in the head. I mean, more than I was already kind of messed up. Because, like, in that reality, I think what is happening is the right. And then for me to be told that everything that I was taught my entire life is incorrect, it would really mess me up. Like, like it would cause me a lot of psychological problems. Like, you think you're on an island and that the border to the forest is just keeping you safe from whatever wild animals or whatever are on the other side and then you find out you're not even on an island all you have to do is keep going through the forest or like a few hour boat ride around the corner of of the uh what do you call that like a peninsula yeah and you'd be on the mainland where civilization is just continuing on so you mean you you mean to tell me that the air is still toxic even where they're at wait what the air, you know how they're talking about how it's toxic? Yeah. So even where we're at in my house, the air is so toxic because I share it with other people yeah. in the mainland and it's not too far away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... I think it just would have caused a lot of, like, um, mental health problems. I mean, more than I was already under. Right. But I'd, I, at that point, I don't know if I could have been as strong as the other girls and want to assimilate to life. I felt like I would have been kind of stuck where I was. Trying to still, like, figure out what was real life and what wasn't. Because, I mean, at that point, I'm 30, 28, 18. Like, I'm a little older. So, I mean, that's a lot of years to look back at to see that, like, all of the lessons, all the things I've been taught are it kinda, wrong. It kind of reminds me of, did you ever see The Truman Show? No. Oh, no. Megan. I'm sorry. I have to watch The Truman Show now. Okay. I can't use my reference. Well, you can use it. I'm sure our followers might know. I don't know. <sighs> the tr- but if I tell you, then... Okay, let's save it then. So the Truman Show, dun-dun-dun. Watch the Truman Show. And for those of you who have watched it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just like me, oblivious. Go watch it. All right, I'll do that. Then you'll understand without me even explaining. Okay. <laughs> well... I can say we probably both are glad this book is done. You want to rate it like between a one and ten, one being our least favorite, one, ten being like our most favorite? Out of every book we've ever read ever? Sure. I'm going to go with definitely a three. Ooh, I was going to say two. I've read some worse ones. Oh, well, I mean, I have two, but I just didn't connect a lot with this book. And I feel like that that's what makes me as the reader want to discuss it more is when I find like a connection or something that I really like and there's yeah. a few points that I kind of liked about this book and yeah we could talk about it but I didn't I didn't get the feels yeah but I had to do some actual like google searching to even like I mean I had some of these thoughts on my own but to fully grasp and be like okay am I correct in understanding this or that like I had to do some extra research on the oh book me too me too in order to fully grasp it and I don't really like to do that. I just want, I mean, not that there shouldn't be a deeper meaning in books. No, yeah. It's not what I'm saying. But 
most of the notes I was writing down as reading this book were, wait, why are they doing that? What the fuck does that mean? I'm so confused. Like, I don't know how many times I wrote down I'm so confused. What are they doing? What? What is the water cure? What? What? Are, why are they doing that? Who are these men? I was just like, it was just a bunch of like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And and not in a good way. It no. was like, I literally didn't know what the fuck was happening. And we're avid <laughs> readers. Like, you and I read two plus <sighs> books a week. Yes. So it's just kind of like, out of all the books that we've read recently, like this just did not impact me at all yeah it didn't resonate um it was a slow read i had to reread a lot to like go back and fully grasp what i was listening and to research and do research and i don't i mean that's fun and all i do like researching researching is interesting to me but eh. when it comes to books i would rather like be I'm able not... to make those connections on my own rather yeah. than go to an outside resource and try to find deeper, deeper, deeper meanings. I'm not which in school I'm sure anymore. I don't want to do research. I just want to be able to understand. And Amen. And come up with my, Amen. And come up with my own questions on my own. I don't want to have to go do fucking research. Well, oh, fuck that. I still like research, but you know. I just, oh, you, you and your sister are weird. Yeah. Well, you know, just got out of school, but I don't want to have to like keep diving deeper, deeper, deeper. No. No. Okay. Um, research well. does not equal fun, just so you know. <laughs> um, so two for me, three from you. I mean, um, that's it. That's The Water Cure by, yeah. um, uh, fuck, oh. what's her name? <laughs> Sophie McIntosh. Uh, yeah. And um, next week, you will get another bonus episode from us. Bonus. Which I think a lot. Wait, maybe you haven't heard our first bonus episode. So, I don't know. You're either getting your first or second bonus episode from us. <laughs> or you're getting uh, Delirium by Lauren Oliver. You'll figure it out. Sounds <laughs> sounds good. Well, um, uh, where can you reach us? Well, we are at, uh, well, first off, tell us how you feel about this book. Are you feeling kind of like how we are or... Did we take it a completely different way than you? What were your thoughts, feelings, suggestions, comments, concerns? Do you have an answer to any of our questions? Did you think of something that we didn't think about even with our research? Did you love it while we didn't? What did you rate it as? Let us know. Let us know. You can reach us at readaroundtherose at gmail.com. Readaroundtherose face. No, readaroundtherose Instagram. Readaroundtherose because I let us do the fancy asterisk. Yep. At Facebook. And we would just love to hear it from you guys yeah. as well. This was an interesting one. It was. So uh, thank you for listening to Read Around the Rosé, the podcast, podcast full of prose. Bye. Bye.